okay? Doing well this morning? Been excited uh, for church today. Our, our first service was uh, amazing. We have a phenomenal uh, a friend and, and pastor, uh, John Cameron, uh, from down under, uh, from New Zealand, and lives in the Gold Coast of Australia now, and uh, just an amazing time in God's Word uh, this morning. Got Songfest coming up next week. Are we excited about Songfest? Across all of our locations, you've got invites today as, as your uh, location pastor or service host mentioned. Uh, you are a product, whether you know it or not, of an invitation. I, I was invited uh, by somebody to Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama in college. It was an invite to a, a college uh, worship service where I gave my life back to Jesus and, and my life changed. And uh, if you've been impacted by Action Church, your life has been changed because somebody was faithful to invite. And the crazy thing is, I don't even remember how or who gave me that invitation, but that invitation was given and their life was changed. And I just really believe there's gonna be hundreds of people over this next week that you're gonna pray, you're gonna intentionally invest in, you're gonna invite. And I believe there will be lives and eternities changed on the other side of that invitation. So be praying about who you're gonna invest in uh, and who you're gonna invite next week. And I promise we're gonna have a ton of fun and there's gonna be a clear and creative gospel presentation, which we're believing hundreds of people uh, will meet Jesus. We're also starting 21 days of prayer on August 7th. That's always a little bit quieter of a clap because it's 6.30 in the morning. I spoke with the Holy Spirit this morning. He says he's gonna be up for sure all 21 days. He's gonna be there, you should be there. Really, church, make it a priority uh, to either join us online, to come once a week, twice a week, maybe just Saturdays, we do it at 9 a.m. Uh, I really believe that 21 days of prayer will set you up for this season. And Action Church prayer is the foundation of everything that we do. We, we cannot build great things for God if we don't have a foundation built on Him, and that comes through our communication, through our time with Him. And so let's start this season, back to school season, uh, everything we have going on coming up this fall. Let's start it the right way, birthed and founded uh, in, in our relationship with God through 21 days uh, of prayer, Monday through Friday and Saturdays at Sanford. Uh, and at Winter Park. And last thing, I just wanna celebrate you and thank you. Uh, we were able to serve over 2,000 families yesterday with our back to school outreach. <laughs> Amazing job from all of our teams. If you give here, if you serve here, thank you so much. You know, Action Church is, is an amazing place to gather and come to, but we, we prayed as we started this place that it wouldn't just be something that, a place that expected something from our communities, we wanted something for them. We want to let them know that, that God loves them and that, that we're here for them. And I just love watching you uh, and being a part of the team, being the hands and feet of Jesus. So thank you for all of your generosity, through resources and the time that it took to plan and invest. And we did haircuts, we did face painting, we did all of the supplies. We got them with great partners for, for helping them in their day-to-day -day life, anybody that needs help. So thank you so much. Uh, for just being generous and so faithful. Well, I'm gonna stop rambling uh, and get out of the way. Pastor John Cameron is with us today. Uh, and, and there's people that you meet. We met uh, several years ago, five, six, seven years ago now. And uh, there's people that you meet that you just know that, that you're gonna learn a lot from. And we've become friends and, and had lots of meals together and played some great golf courses together. But there's there's some people that you just, you wanna, you, you learn through, interaction, you learn through through knowledge, but there's some things that you just see a, a, a characteristic or a, a culture or a presence that somebody carries, and you just, you want to catch it. And his, 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 his faith and his leadership and the culture and the character that he carries, that it's just contagious. And so when I spoke in New Zealand about five years ago now around him and his amazing family, his wife, Jillian, and 
and seeing the preacher, the leader, the church builder that he is, that just, I came back better because just being around the, the, this man. So I really believe we saw it first service. We're going to see it this service. We're going to learn a lot today, but I believe we're going to experience the presence of God together, and we're going to leave better because of it. I'd love for you at all of our locations to stand and honor my friend, Pastor John Cameron. Action Church, can we give Jesus some praise in every auditorium right now? Come on, you can do better. Lift your voice. Give God some praise. We love you. We honor you. We praise you. Amen and amen. Why don't you slap a high five with three people and just shout booyah or something and grab a seat together. It'll be wonderful. Thank you so much to the worship team. Wow, wow, wow. What an honor it is to be here at Action Church. Man feel so blessed to be with you. What a beautiful church, incredible people. Uh, every other location, if you're with us in Avito or Sanford or anybody online, a massive welcome to you guys. Got to say here at this Winter Park Auditorium, what a beautiful space, what incredible people. You're also good looking here at, uh, at Action Church. What, what's going on? It's like, it's like, it's like good lookingness comes over you when you join this church, 10 years comes off your life when you start tithing to Action Church. That's, that's the rumor out there anyway, but, uh, but just such a blessing to be with you. I, I love your church. I love your pastor, Pastor Justin Daly. Uh, what a great, great man of God, been a friend of mine for many years. We first met uh, through Pastor Chris Hodges, Pastor Lane Trans. Uh, we then you know, got to the honor of having him with us down in New Zealand, play golf with John Bevere. That's just embarrassing for me, basically. I just end up picking up my ball and saying, how about I just sit in the cart and enjoy the conversation? Um, but it was still a great day out in the sun, so that was wonderful. But what an, what an incredible leader, what a great man of God, a leader's leader, uh, a, a man of such passion for the church, for, for leadership, for growing the things of God, for moving forward in a healthy direction, a man who just continues to reach for more, seeing so many of the team that are here just so close, feeling, everybody who's driven me, everybody who's been with me, it's just like we hang out a lot, we hang out a lot, he's relationally connected, that's such a, a sign of health for this church, and then just to see the spirit of the worship, the touch of God that is here, uh, Justin, you're just such an incredible leader, I love you, Jillian and I just adore you, um, he's so physically, like, gifted, it's, I don't know how to just, it's just annoying, like he's... It's like, I don't want to work out with him. His muscles are in tip. He even has the teeth, you know, like, um, I, I wanted to be resurrected in eternity to get a body that looks like his, but, but uh, just such a great man of God. Uh, Gabby, just so beautiful to get to know you. What a, a great woman of grace and beauty you are. So full of the Holy Spirit, so full of joy and just, oh, we love you guys. If you love your pastor, every location, come on. Can you put your hands together? And let's honor Pastor Justin. We just love you. Love you, Gabby. So blessed to be here. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm married to, uh, my wife's name is Jillian. I call her the voice of chocolate. She's just so incredibly wonderful, my wife. But the reason why I call her the voice of chocolate is because when I get on the phone to her while I am away, it is like rich, dark chocolate. It just fills my soul. I love her so very much. We've been a part of it for two weeks now, so I'm looking forward to getting home. Amen. Um, I have two children. My daughter's name is Lara. She's 19 years old. I call her Princess Tallulabelle Pixie. I have a son, Will. He is 16 years old. I call him Will. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and uh, and he, is, uh, he is six foot two, believe it or not. 
it, when I give him a, a hug, good night, my, my cheek goes against his chest. So it feels like he's the father, I'm the son. But, um, but I can still intimidate him, so that's good. All right, if you have a Bible, we're gonna go to the book of Jeremiah chapter 23 this morning. Jeremiah chapter 23. Uh, the saying goes that there are many sermons, but only a few messages. And, and I wanna give you what I feel is my message in this season uh, one thing I feel like God is just asking me to convey and to communicate and I believe will be uh, an encouragement and, and a blessing to you today, uh, especially as we here at Action Church prepare to enter 21 days of prayer, a season that I truly believe uh, you, your pastor said this morning, and I, I'm going to get this slightly wrong potentially, but he said uh, everything we do for God is built on a foundation of God or something to that degree like there's no way we can build this church unless he is, he is behind it, and that's what prayer is, and I agree with that entirely. And I wanna give you a message today that, that I believe will inspire you uh, to be lifted towards the God that we worship and we profess. Jeremiah chapter 23, we're gonna read out three verses. Every word I'm about to read is through the pen of Jeremiah the prophet, but straight from God other than three words, which are self-evident, they are, says the Lord, okay? These are, these are God speaking to his people through Jeremiah, and this is what God said. I have not sent these prophets, yet they run around claiming to speak for me. I have given them no message, yet they go on prophesying. If they had stood before me, and listened to me, they would have spoken my words, and they would have turned my people from their evil ways and deeds. Am I a God who is only close at hand? Only close at hand, says the Lord? No, I am far away at the same time far away at the same time. We've got three verses this morning, and in the first, God makes an observation. In the second, he extends an offering, and in the third, he introduces an understanding. We have an observation, an offering, and an understanding. Let's read it again. I have not sent these prophets, yet they run around claiming to speak for me. I love this next sentence. I have given them no message, yet they go on prophesying. Turns out a preacher doesn't need unction to fill his mouth with words. If they had stood before me and listened to me, they would have spoken my words, and they would have turned my people from their evil ways and deeds. And here's our key scripture for today. Verse 23. Am I a God who is only close at hand, says the Lord? No, I am far away at the same time. I am far away at the same time. I am far away. I am far away. Our God said of himself, I am the far away God. 
Let's pray. Lord, in these next few minutes, open our hearts, speak to us, use me, Lord, arrest my voice, and may every cell phone be supernaturally turned to flight mode in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, we're all on the same page. I like that. Before the pandemic in 2019, I believe, I was doing a series of one-day conferences in the nation of Japan. I love Japan. It's a country that I think truly matters in our time. 0.01% Christian, a population of 125 million, and all of them living a prosperous life. An incredible country. It needs to be reached. I was doing a series of one-day conferences. On the second day, we were in Osaka. We had a wonderful time, beautiful city. Woke up the third morning, and we caught the bullet train early from Osaka to the world city of Tokyo. I love Japan. I love Tokyo. It is crazy, hectic, full of people, fashion, great food, and abundance of power lines. It's like a, a spider just covered the entire sky. It's a beautiful city, incredible place. And we're in a conference room. About six to 800 people are in this conference room, a massive crowd for Japan. And here we are, we're doing the third of three one-day conferences. I've had the same translator, Kirby. He's my homeboy. We've been rolling for three days, me and Kirby, and I would preach, and then he would translate what I was saying into Japanese. I know a little Japanese, Sony, Tokyo, I mean, you know, Tokyo, uh, you know, Mitsubishi, uh, Toyota, you know, yeah, these are, this is the extent of my Japanese knowledge. Konnichiwa, I can say that, which is awesome. And we're, we're rolling, me and, me and Kirby. So I'm preaching, he's translating. Jesus loves you, you know, you know, God's got a plan for your life. I don't, I don't know, but we're rolling together, me and Kirby, we're having the time of our lives. I've been doing this conference for three days and I've been preaching for 30 years. So I'm out there and I'm preaching and I'm looking towards the back of the auditorium and honestly, my perception of my preaching, I thought, you're crushing this, John. I'm gonna give you a solid eight, maybe even an 8.5 out of 10. Well done, buddy. And I was rolling with the message thinking I was doing a good job. But as I was preaching, my eyes went from the back of the auditorium towards the front. And as I got towards the front, I noticed something weird. That about two thirds of the auditorium were not doing what people are doing here at Winter Park at all. No one was looking at me. People are looking at the walls, they're looking at the ceiling, they're looking at the cell phone, looking at the person next to them, looking at the floor, looking at the aisle, everywhere but looking at me. And I could not work out what was going on until my eyes got to the very front row. And on the front row, everybody's hand was pointed in the same direction. They're all pointed at this, pointed like this. So I followed them until finally over where Pastor Justin is sitting this morning, someone was holding up an iPad. And on the iPad it said, Pastor John's fly is completely down. Now, if you know Japan, this is a pride-filled, image-conscious country, and here I am in one of the most, most image-conscious countries on the planet. I am trying to give glory to the one true God and revealing a glory of a completely different nature. And the truth is that my perception of me and their perception of me, well, it just could not be more different. And in our reading today, we've got God and we've got the prophets. And God's perception of the prophets 
and the prophet's perception of themselves, well, it just could not be more different. When we zone in on the prophets, the Bible says that they are running around all over the place claiming to speak for me. These prophets are out there and they're like, hey, I'm God's man. I've got God's plan for you, Stan. They are out there like they're declaring things like God has given it to them. They're out there with full calendars, stacked itineraries, stuff on the go. They're meeting with each other and they're saying, what are you up to, man? Oh, bro, I'm in a church on Sunday, got a presbytery on Monday, conference on Tuesday, podcast on Wednesday, book deal on Thursday. They're running around all over the place. They're singing to themselves, I can be your hero, baby, you know. When a prophet comes along, you know, I'm too Christian for my church. They're out there just going for it. And the Bible literally says that they're running around all over the place and God's like, I gave them no message. Yet they go on prophesying. And God's perception of the prophets is radically different to their perception of themselves. God looks at the prophets and he says, you are, you are an empty oracle. You're a prophet in voice, but not in spirit. You're like, you're like a leader who has no living promise, like a, like a follower of Jesus who has no living relationship. You are devoid of substance. You're a hollow veneer. You're giving the call to war, and in your heart you know that there is nothing that beats within you. You're faking it, and you are not making it. You've replaced effectiveness with busyness. You've got the outward veneer of religion, but not the spirit of revival. You are, you are going through the motions, and it's not getting you anywhere. Talented, but not anointed. High on action, low on inspiration. And friends, when I read this passage of Scripture, and I realized that God was saying, you're getting no cut through, prophet. You're getting no cut through. My spirit was arrested because if there is one thing we don't need, in Florida, in America, in the world today, in the year 2023, it's a group of Christians who are going through the semblance of religion filled with religious activity that we do in here that makes no difference in the world out there. I think that what God wants is for what hap is happening in the lives of His people here and in our hearts right here to be making a transformative difference in the world that is out there. If you believe that, why don't you give your God some praise today? God is looking for a church of revival power, a church that is truly alive, a people who have got His Spirit and His presence moving on the inside of them. He wants us to make a difference. Yes. I think if our spirituality could just be reduced down to us filling an auditorium, holding hands, singing kumbaya till our palms get sticky, and then walking back into the world without any change, that the devil would be kind of like, you just, got, you just have at it. Because you've got enough religion to make you feel good, but not enough to make you powerful. Anybody out there believe God's looking for a church of power, a church of life, a church of revival, a church where people are being transformed? Come on, if you believe it, give Him some praise in this place today. He makes an observation, but then what I love about my God is He extends an offering. 
He doesn't say to these prophets, you're losers, that's it, I'm done with you. He extends an offering. He says, if they would stand in my presence. Anybody else out there today grateful for your God that he doesn't just cast you aside when you've had a bad hair day? that the God of the universe welcomes us to come close to Him. What an incredible offer. If you would stand in my presence. He offers intimacy, relationship, proximity, to be near. He says to these prophets, if you would stand in my presence. I'm not looking for empty oracles, says God. I don't want a Christian without a living relationship. I don't want a leader without a promise from me living on the inside of them. God is saying, I want to speak to you. I want to communicate to you. He says, if they would stand in my presence, I love these next few words, then they would speak my words. If they, then they, if they, then they. He prefaces that a word from God could enter these prophets and with the entrance of the word of God that things can and will be different. Does anybody in these auditoriums today believe that when God speaks, situations change? Lives change. Sicknesses, their prognosis changes. That when you get a word from God, hope is born and miracles are birthed and, and you are sustained through difficulty that, that the earth and everything in it is shaped by the word of God. The word of God. He said, if they would hear my word, then they would proclaim it. And they would turn my people. I'm here to tell you today that something impossible, something broken, something beyond you, some sickness, some difficulty, some, some pain in your soul or some, some emptiness that you feel can be changed with the entrance. Do you believe it today? Of one word from God, it can change everything. He makes an observation. They're running around all over the place. He extends an offering if they would stand in my presence. And then he gives us an understanding. An understanding in the form of a question. A question. A question. It's been my experience in following Jesus that so often I come to him thinking that he is the God with all the right answers. And I discover of him that he's the God with all the right questions. Who told you that you were naked? Why are you so filled with fear, shame, and self-loathing? Who told you that you were naked? Where'd that, where'd that thought come from? Is anything too hard for the Lord? He comes to a man who's been sitting beside a well, I believe for 37 years, and he says to him a, a really pertinent question. He says, do you want to be made well? I mean, you'll be in charge of your life. You haven't been for 37 years. Do you want to be made well? Questions, questions, questions. And in our text today, God asks a question. Am I a God who is only close at hand? Am I only close at hand? Is that all that you can know of me? Is that it? Is there more? Have you even thought that there is more? Am I a God who is only close at hand? No. 
I am far away at the same time. Far away. Far away. I'm far away at the same time. I have some friends who are going to help me preach this. Can you give them a welcome? Some of Action Church's finest men. Give them a big clap as they come out on stage today. These wonderful strapping men. You can do better than that. Come on. Come on, every location, put your hands together. They can hear you all the way from here. The truth is, my friends, that we live in a time that is radically different. These last 15 years or so have transported us in many ways into a time in human history that is incredibly different to any other season of human history before. We now live in an age where we are in a state of 24-7 connectedness. We live in a time of multitasking. We live in a time, in many ways, of omnipresence, where so many things in our lives that used to be at such a distance from us have come incredibly near. We live in an age, we live in an age of connectedness. We live in an age of, of online relationship. We live in an age where distant things are now very quickly accessible. We have Uber Eats, we have Amazon Shopping, we have, we have email, we have smart, I mean, stupid, we have smartphones, that's, they're smart, they're not stupid, but they make us, anyway, it's a strange relationship, but we have, we have phones, we have, we, have, we have all of the different aspects of our lives that bring us together, and we live in an age that could be coined the age of the close at hand. I mean, when I started my job, Many, many years ago when I first started working, the truth was in order to do my job, I had to drive to an office and once I got there, I did my job and the moment that I got in my car and I left or got on the bus and I left my job, I didn't just leave my job, my job left me. But now you can wake at five o'clock in the morning with the greatest of intentions that you're gonna have coffee, that makes me a Christian, uh, then I'm gonna have a quiet, anybody else out there like that? Yeah, it's like, I wake up negative, despondent, full of heaviness, really bitter. I have a coffee, suddenly joy, peace, kindness, love, acceptance, just flood my soul. Anybody else? Come on, you can tell, it's true. But I get up, I get up now, and when I wake in the morning with the best of intentions, coffee, quiet time, workout, already overnight, my stressed out supervisor at two o'clock in the morning sent me three anxiety-inducing emails, and when I wake and I touch my phone to turn off the alarm, immediately the spirit of anxiety that was on them is now becoming on me, and suddenly the job that used to be a million miles away from me is close at hand. And when I think about the pressure of just living my life, I mean, when I was a teenager, it was hard enough. I remember being 14 years old with pimples all over my face. I looked like a volcano erupting. I had skin that only was white pink and fluoro pink, you know. I never had big muscles, never talented at sport. It was just tough living. I mean, that was hard enough. But now, through the curse, I mean, the blessing of social media, I'm not just trying to struggle through my life. It used to be just my friends and my struggles and my world, and that was close at hand to me. But now I'm looking at your airbrushed fantasy that you are projecting on everybody else through your social media projection that is full of an artificial veneer that you're not really living. But when I see it, I think it's real and I'm living my life and I'm also acutely aware of your life. Your life is now close at hand. 
And we could go through the list and discover that we're living in an age, I mean, think about our news. We used to be aware only of the news that happened maybe in our neighborhood or our state and a little bit of what happened in our nation. But now, because we have dedicated news channels that exist for the sole purpose of selling you advertising, we have, we have the greatest tragedies, the worst events that are happening anywhere on the face of the planet. If it can grab your attention and get an advertiser's revenue, there's always been an earthquake, always been a tsunami, always been a famine, always been a war, always been an uprising, always been economic turmoil, always been conflicts between left and right. But now, in order to get your attention to sell you advertising, we have the breaking news of the world coming at you all the time. The worst events that are happening on the planet are all just close at hand. It's all just close at hand. It's all just close at hand. And the struggle is killing us. It's killing us. We're the most stressed out, anxious, suicidal, depressed generation in the history of the world. It's all just close at hand. Am I a God who is only close at hand? See, if there is one thing that I need to get some affirmation for in this room because somebody needs to hear it today, one thing that is encouraging to me and one thing that should be encouraging to all of us, it's that no matter how anxiety-inducing my supervisor at work's emails may be or no matter how great the rejection may be thrown at me when I look at somebody else's social media posts or the inferiority or the feelings that I don't count or no matter how much I feel like the world is big and I am so small and it's all just going to heck in a handbasket, I'm so grateful for the fact that no matter what is going on in the world that is around me, that the God that I worship is close at hand. Is anybody else grateful for that? He's close at hand. He is close at hand. I need you to praise him like you believe he's got enough peace for your anxiety, like he's got enough hope for your despondency, that he's got enough acceptance for your rejection, that he's got enough healing for your pain. Our God is close at hand. He's there when I'm hurting. He's there when my child's in hospital. He's there when the rejection is screaming at me. He's there in every port. He's there in every storm. He's there in every trial. I'm here to tell you that if your pain is great, magnify God and it'll get you through what you're going through today. He can help you. He can be there with you. He's close at hand. He's close. He's close at hand. If all I have, from the last phone call of my job to the meal table with my family, if all I have is those 10 steps to say, Jesus, I've just been yelling at someone who's doing me wrong in my job, but help me through those 10 steps to be the husband and the father I want to be for the meal table. My God doesn't turn a blind ear to that prayer, but he hears me and anybody else out there willing to testify, he helps me, he's engaged, he's involved. He's close at hand. He's close at hand. He's close at hand. He's close at hand. He's close. And he cares and he's present and he's engaged and he's wonderful and he's transformative and he's healing. But he begs the question, is that it? Like, is all I'm going to do in your life? just going to be to help you get through what you're going through? Or have I got a greater plan? 
have I got a, have I got a greater ability? And he says to these prophets, you're hustling, but you're not thriving. And the reason why is I'm not only close at hand. If all you do, prophets, is interlace me into your busyness, in your constant distraction, if all you do is relate to me while you do, then there are some things I want to do in your life that I can't do. There are some things I want to reveal to you that cannot be revealed. There are parts of me that you will never discover if all you do is relate to me in the middle of the day by day. There are parts of me that if you're going to discover what I really want to put in your life, You've got to push back on the day by day. I need you to step back, my gentlemen. I need you to push back on everything that is in the middle of the day by day. And instead, I need you to reach for me with the day. I need you to lay aside the things in your life that are omnipresent, constantly screaming for your attention, demanding of your focus, and realize that if you could give all of your attention to me. If you could find a way to push back on the things that are close at hand, then God is trying to awaken us to understand that we can then begin to discover the God who is far away. I love that phrase, the far away. He said, I'm far away at the same time. I'm far away at the same time. I'm not just there in the hustle. I'm not just there in the busyness, but I'm there in the burning bush. I'm there to speak the whisper on the top of the mountain. I'm the God who knocks you to the ground and transforms your direction and sears your life with blinding light and changes your name. He's saying, I'm the God that you meet with face to face in the tent of meeting that is outside the camp. What we need in our generation is not just the God who is close at hand to us, team. We need the God who is far away. The far away God is the one who comes to you with vision and encounter and promise. The far away God is the one of transcendent glory. The far away God is the one for whom time stands still when you are in his presence. I've been in prayer meetings that I thought went for 30 minutes, but they went for four hours. That's what happens when you're in the presence of the faraway God. The faraway God is the one who ruins you for ordinary. The faraway God is the one who fills your life with unction. The faraway God is the one who commissions you to live a life of purpose. It's the faraway God that Isaiah encountered when he was already a prophet standing next to the high priest in the Lord's temple on the Sabbath, and he wrote about it in Isaiah 6, and he said, I saw the Lord, and the train of his robe filled the temple with glory, and seraphim circled the throne and saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, and the whole earth is full of his glory. And he responded, a prophet, and he said, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among a people of unclean lips, and mine eyes have seen the eyes of glory. And at that moment, his life was changed. Because he not only experienced the close at hand God, but the far away God. We need the far away God, church. 
We need the faraway God. We need the God of encounter. We need the God of life. We need the God who fills you. It's that faraway God that Elisha heard the whisper of on the top of the mountain. It's the faraway God that Saul discovered that knocked him to the ground. It's the faraway God that was in the bush that burned and didn't burn out. It's the faraway God that you and I need in our time. Not so that we can just get through what we're going through. Our child might be in hospital. The faraway God sustains you to keep going. Sorry, the close at hand God sustains you to keep going. But the faraway God tells you this sickness is not under death. This child will be healed. I've got a breakthrough around the corner for you. It's the faraway God who ruins you for ordinary. It's the faraway God who awakens you to life. I just feel like in our time, what we need now, like we've never needed it before, maybe is the presence of the faraway God. The faraway God. See, come around me, friends. Come around me. Come around me. I need you to get right and close. You stay there, my friend. I love you. But in the middle of all of this, the great danger, the, what, I, what do you fear, John? What do you fear? Well, I fear no evil, but I fear I'm concerned might be a better phrase. Let's put it in right perspective. I'm concerned that in the time in which we live, if we're not careful, because we've never lived with such a closeness of this, when you can constantly shop and communicate and connect and browse and see and stream and do, when you've never been more empowered to continue to be filled with activity, that maybe we could look what it even is to reach for the God who is far away. That we have no expectations of that. John, what do you mean? Okay, well, let's break it down. When the worship song's finished, but the worship team keeps worshiping and the congregation can't respond to something that isn't karaoke, that maybe we've lost what it is to reach for the faraway God. Because this is the truth, my friends that we need to know what it is to experience His proximity in the day by day. We need His presence in the moments of difficulty. But we need more than that. I experience His mercy in the day by day. His faithfulness in the close at hand. His peace in the close at hand. His love and His grace in the close at hand. But I only find His commission in the far away. Why are there teenagers across the front row? Well, probably somebody put them there, but also because they've just had their youth camp, youth conference, whatever it's called. And when you come and you give God more than a distracted nanosecond, you discover the God who is far away. And it's that God that we give our life to. It's that God who ruins you for anything else. We need the faraway God. I love the faraway God. I love the faraway God. I love the close at hand aspects of my Lord. But I'm ruined. The faraway God is found by the one with no cell phone in hand during worship. Jesus said there's a special blessing when you pray between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m., the second and third watch of the night. In times of less distraction, the faraway God is found with a complete focus. The 
far away God is found on bended knee and surrendered soul. The far away God is found when you wait. We need to bring back that magic word, tarry. It means to wait with expectation. Waiting here for you with our hands lifted high. It's a song of the far away. He has a better word for you. He can change you. A different outcome is possible. He's the far away God. He's the far away God. You're about to go into 21 days of prayer. Why is that important? Because there are realms of the demonic that can't be broken if all you have is the close at hand God. There are in the heavenlies demonic realms that can only be broken with the far away God. When Jesus saw his disciples surrounded by a crowd, let me say it again, surrounded by a crowd, trying to drive out a demon and unsuccessful, they said, why can't we drive the demon out? And he said, this kind only comes out by prayer and by fasting. You need the far away. Stay to your feet, Action Church. Thank you so much to my friends. I love you. Close your eyes all over every auditorium today. Just take a moment. Whenever we speak of the faraway God, He draws near. Close your eyes. You may want to reach out your hands because right here, right now, the closeness of that faraway God is bringing His presence. I feel like God is just saying, I, I, I felt it since I woke this morning, I feel like God is saying, I've got a word of promise for a parent with a child in a place of difficulty. He's saying to a young man, I think there's more than one in our auditoriums today. I have a purpose for your life. You'll find it when you find me. Reach for the faraway God. Thank you that you're the God of life. Thank you that you're God of the, the God of healing. Thank you that you're the God of commission and fire and transcendent glory. And we worship and adore. While every head is bowed, while every eye is closed, in every auditorium today, there are people who have come to the service and right now you're not connected to Jesus. You do not have your own relationship with God. You're here in church. You've been a church person, maybe, but Jesus is not at the center of your life. Or perhaps you've got no idea whether you're a Christian or not. If that's you, before I hand back the service, it will be my greatest honor to lead you in a prayer. And if you would open your mouth and pray this prayer, open your heart and reach for God, Today could be the day where you start your own journey of a relationship with Jesus. There are many people in every auditorium today and online who are saying, John, you're talking to me. I'm in church today, but I don't know Jesus. I'm not right with God. I'm not connected to Him. I'm not a Christian. I've been a church person, but Jesus is not at the center of my life. I've got no idea whether I'm a Christian or not. If that's you, my friend, you can be included in this prayer. If you're saying today, I want to be included in this prayer. I need Jesus in my life. I'm going to ask you in just one moment to take one hand, lift it high in the air. I'll see it, then you can put it back down. Across every auditorium, someone's looking to see your hand. But if you're here today and you're saying, John, I need Jesus, I want you to lift your hand. I'm not right with God, I want you to lift your hand. 
I've been a church person. Jesus is not at the center of my life. I want you to lift your hand. Got no idea whether I'm a Christian or not. I want you to lift your hand. Once every hand is lifted, we'll pray this prayer. But if you're here today saying, John, that's me, I want you to take one hand, lift it high in the air right now. Lift it all the way up. Lots of hands going up. Wow, so many. Thank you, 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 thank you. New hands still going up in this auditorium. And every campus, keep lifting them online. There's a button you can press. God bless you. Thank you, thank you. Still hands. Wow, so many. We're not going to get to all of them. Everybody pray this prayer out loud with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you. I need you in my life. I'm lost without you. I ask you, Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sin. I thank you, Jesus. You do love me. You accept me. And you forgive me. Amen. Can we have the biggest clap of the day right now for everybody? Just pray that prayer.